Welcome to Boston Children's Answers. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Arnold. As a mom and a doctor, I'm passionate about helping kids stay healthy and happy. So join me as I chat with other Boston Children's experts to find answers for you and your family. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about a service that not many people know about, but one that is critical and has a high impact on kids' health, child life. As we get started, let's hear from our parent, Caroline. Hi, I'm Caroline. I just found out my daughter needs to have surgery for her scoliosis. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed about it myself. So how do I explain it to her? Oh, Caroline, really great question, because let's face it, as much as we may not want it to be scary, we all know that coming to the hospital can be a very scary experience for kids and their parents at any time and at any age. It can provoke a lot of anxiety and stress, but did you know that there are actually a group of people in the hospital that their entire focus is to help make that experience the best it can be. And so today we're gonna talk about our child life specialists. And to help us learn more about child life as a specialty and their role in the hospital, we're going to have a nice conversation with Caitlin McGowan, a child life specialist here at Boston Children's Hospital. Hi, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I thought maybe it would be interesting for our audience to learn first, what is a child life specialist? Great place to start for sure. So we wear many hats, but a child life specialist is a professional in our healthcare setting that is really there to help the child cope with the medical experience. So we're really looking at ways to make the hospital more comfortable and child friendly, but also help children and families to feel like they are part of that healthcare experience so that they can have positive experiences. So now that we know what child life is, what drew you to that field? How did you become a child life specialist? I actually had my own healthcare experiences when I was a child. So I had met some child life specialists that inspired my career choice. So when I was 12, I had idiopathic osteonecrosis. The blood supply to the hip stopped and the bone to the hip was deteriorating and kind of collapsing a little bit. So I had a lot of hospitalizations and surgeries and doctor's visits to try to find a way to help that bone. Along the way, I met a lot of child life specialists that made my experiences more positive and really helped me find coping skills that worked for me. And so when I was looking into careers, I thought, you know, I really want to kind of give back and be there to help other kids. That is amazing. And, you know, so near and dear to my heart, too, because that's why I went into healthcare and medicine, too, because I was a patient all my life. And it just makes me so happy to hear that child life specialty and specialists made such a difference for you. And that inspired you to become a child life specialist. Well, as we get started, one of the things I wanted to share is that not only did I, you know, benefit from child life specialists yeah. as a patient, my kids have benefited mm-hmm. with their experiences in the hospital. The skill set that child life mm-hmm. specialists bring yeah. to the table, especially for kids who are in the hospital and families who are dealing with highly stressful, medically complex situations. You're an invaluable member of the healthcare team. So I'm excited to get to learn more about the field today yeah. with you today. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm happy to share about it. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question about the history of child life specialty because we didn't have child life specialists early on. Yep. But 
we went to a playroom, and the playroom was the place that we got to get away mm -hmm. from all of the medical stress. You know, doctors and nurses weren't allowed to examine you in the playroom. Yep. It was sort of like your safe space, and there was a woman that ran the playroom. And I wonder, was that the early beginnings of what became Child Life as a specialty? Yeah, that idea of someone being in a playroom was the foundation of Child Life work. 1950, 1960s usually is when mm. that kind of idea of having... Okay, I was not a patient in the 50s no, and 60s. No, no, no. <laughs> Just but, in case anyone's wondering. Yes. <laughs> of but course, good to yeah. know it started yes. so early yes, on. Yes, it started so early on. And the idea of play and allowing those children opportunities to be kids. What we know as Child Life Today really came to be around 1980s, 1990s. But those beginning times really came from that idea of playing. And then the specialty was born. The specialty and was born, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think about, I was a patient in 1970s, 80s, so yeah. that makes sense. But maybe it was still just more of the concept of a playroom. And yeah. then as I got older, it was really becoming its own specialty. Absolutely. So it's obviously today, child life is a very critical mm -hmm. and really what I think of complex role in the yeah. hospital. So there's a lot of hats that yes. child life specialists wear today in healthcare. And so I was wondering if you go through a little bit of a deep dive into what those hats are. Yeah, like we just talked about play as our foundation, right? So we are there for that normalization, to play, to let kids be kids, but we're really there for preparation and education. So sometimes we like to refer to ourselves as hospital teachers for kids. We focus on child development. What can we do to allow children to better understand what's happening around them? Whether that's preparing them for what a procedure will look like or coming to the hospital in general. We really focus on making sure they have an understanding and that they're part of their care. But we also focus on things like procedural support and kind of helping children find coping skills and things that are going to work for them during difficult times. So whether it's identifying what distraction techniques work or identifying ways that we can, as providers, interact with the child to make them feel more comfortable. We're there to help children and families identify ways that's going to make a hospital experience easier. Wow. So educator helping yep. to explain yep. treatment, diagnoses, mm -hmm. yep. what to expect in the hospital for patients and their families, but also you help them actively during care to help with the coping skills Absolutely. that are so key. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine that you probably see a lot of patients that come to the hospital a lot and that can bring on an immense amount of anxiety yes. and difficulty with coping with procedures and yep. even painful things. So yeah. can you give me an example of what that looks like? Because yeah. I've seen my kids go through painful procedures and when we've had child life there, it's made a world of difference as to what that experience is like for my child. So mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could share for the audience because I think yeah. that's so powerful. Every child copes differently, right? So just because a plan in place for one child works doesn't mean it's gonna work for another child or even for that same child on a different day or a different procedure. So we really use our assessments skills to look at the patient in the family in that moment to try to find ways that we can make the hospital experience easier. Let's use blood draw for an example. We're going to talk about things like preparation. Do we know what to expect? Do you want to know what to expect? Or would you rather be distracted? Do you want us to include you in that care and give you a job? Or would you rather have mom or dad or, or another caretaker be part of that? And like I said, it could look different every single day, but we're constantly reevaluating and, and working with the child so that we can find something that's going to make them feel comfortable and also achieve that goal of care. Yeah, I was just thinking that it's not only helping the child and the family, I'm yeah. sure, deal with that situation, but also help the procedure to have better success. Yes, yes. Right? Helping staff and helping that success of a procedure and allowing children to get that care that they need as quickly as they can in a way that is comfortable for everybody. 
so important. So a critical member of the team. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> so I, I just want to kind of ask, what does the path look like to becoming mm. a child life specialist? Yeah. And are there credentials that you need to achieve? We actually have a pretty extensive background in career path, a bachelor's degree to start. That's a minimum. And it can be in anything related to working with children. And then many of us do go to school for a master's degree in child life and family-centered care. So that program itself is a few-year program. We do a lot of coursework that is specific to child development, hospitalization, family-centered care, bereavement, all of those things like that. And then we do a 600-hour clinical internship. We then do sit for a certification exam. And so then once we are certified, just like everybody else, we have to keep up our certification. And the thing about it, too, is it's a competitive field. Is it really? It really is, which is surprising to a lot of people, but it is competitive. If you think about across kind of healthcare, a lot of people don't know about child life unless they are kind of here and and need one, right? Um, So it's really a growing field, but it also is really competitive to get into some of these programs and hospitals. I imagine that as part of the care team too, you have to have that clinical expertise combined with the developmental expertise. So is there specific clinical training that child life specialists go through? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, when I think about our training and learning about different illnesses, different diagnoses, different procedures, there's a lot that goes into learning about these things so that we can then teach the children in a way that they're going to understand. So we do pay close attention to procedures, language, different terms, things like that. It sounds like you have to have a lot of tools in your toolbox as yes. a child life specialist. You have to have an understanding of the medicine, an understanding of coping, and just the psychosocial elements that go into a child's Absolutely. needs in a healthcare or hospital setting. And yeah. then I feel like you have to have expertise in terms of not only educating, but clinical care, but also helping to be curious, right? Mm-hmm. To figure out what works yeah. for each individual child. So what are those specific tools yeah. that child life specialists use in their work? Yeah, there are a lot of them. <laughs> I bet, um, I bet. <laughs> but, you know, we always say that our caregivers and our families are really our biggest tool, right? We oftentimes partner with families because we know that they know their children, right? And gather some information from them about previous experiences or things that their children like or don't like. We kind of can use other things too, like preparation books or even sometimes real medical equipment or doctor play kits to normalize that experience and allow children that opportunity to explore some of those things and become comfortable. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So they get to be the doctor for the day. Exactly. Why not? Yeah. We also use things too like distraction techniques or different Mm. coping things too. Sometimes it's a lot for a child to watch a procedure or take it all in and sometimes it's best if they don't even want to be part of it. I want to watch my TV show over here or to feel comfortable. It's a wide range and sometimes it just comes down to play, right? Yeah. And using play to reach some of those goals from the healthcare team and using play to normalize things and work through some of those things that they're going through. I just think of all those tools that you're trying to integrate in the moment as you're meeting each unique patient's individual needs until you really deep dive into all the different skill sets and the tools that you're Mm -hmm. using. I don't realize how much is going into everything that you're doing with a kid and to help make that environment better, that situation better. We do everything we can to partner with patients and families and even staff too. So if there's a request, say someone's been here a really long time and they have a birthday coming up or they've taken their first steps after a big surgery, like we're going to be there to celebrate and normalize that and and really allow that child to feel part of that care and, and kind of celebrate their successes too. That's really great. Yeah. So there's a lot of expertise going yes. into each of those encounters. Tell me a little bit more about some of the specific types of 
treatments or therapies that you often integrate when you're working with patients and families? Under Child Life Services, we have a lot of team members that we're all working with together. So of course we have child life specialists, but we also have music therapists, artists in residence. We have a paw prints program here, which is for pet therapy. Um, So we have our trained dogs and their handlers, and we have art programs. It just goes on and on with a list of talented individuals who really come together to provide a wide array of support to children and families while they're here. That's really incredible. It gives you so many options to see what types of therapies are going to help that particular child. Maybe it's music. I mean, I remember when I was a kid growing up, I had a lot of surgeries. Mm -hmm. And in my preteen, teen years, let's just say I wasn't a very calm, easygoing patient going into surgery. (laughs) Neither was I. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) So you feel me. And it was hard for them to like put an IV in me because I was just so over-the-top anxious and what they tried music therapy and for the first time there might have been some medication involved too but music (laughs) therapy got me to the OR without any major hiccups absolutely so those different ways that you create that multidisciplinary approach to an individual child's needs is absolutely is so great and you know it's really great to watch it grow as well and been able to provide some programming for kids and allow them to participate and we also kind of have a big tech team too that's working on making sure we are all up to date and providing options for coping that way too. So it's been really exciting watching our teams grow. That's really great. Well, in this podcast, in all of healthcare, I like to talk about how important the multidisciplinary team is to patient care, right? Because healthcare is not an individual sport, it's a team Mm -hmm. sport, and everyone brings different levels of expertise to benefit our patients. Can you tell us a little bit about how, as a child life specialist, you integrate with the larger healthcare team for patients? We are very well integrated. Some examples of people that we work with are doctors, nurses, psychologists, social workers. The list goes on and on and on. Finding those things that work well for certain families and kids. Once we gather that information, we want to share it. We want to make this easy for everybody. So we share our coping plans. We share our assessments and recommendations about ways that we could reach a goal and collaborating all together and using what all of us know as our own specialties and skills to meet that goal and implement that best care. We are always willing to work with everybody in collaborative ways that we can provide care together. So that leads me to the next question, which is what curious about where do child life specialists tend to work? Either in the hospital, ambulatory, you know, all over. We work here at Boston Children in a variety of areas. So all of your inpatient units are going to find a child life specialist, if not one, two. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yes. And then we also are in outpatient setting. You can find us in some alternative settings as well, such as the Hale Family Center for Families, the Seacrest Studio. So we're really well integrated throughout the whole hospital experience. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the Seacrest Studios as a newbie to Boston Children's. Yeah, Seacrest Studios. Great spot if you haven't been there. Definitely recommend. But it is our hospital's TV radio hub. So they film live shows with special guests sometimes. And you can participate from your inpatient rooms um, or even stop by the studio too if you want to be part of a program. It's a really great spot that incorporates technology and fun and TV and just kind of a fun outlet here in the hospital. Okay, so you have a multidisciplinary approach mm-hmm. with various team members that are all geared towards helping kids during their healthcare experiences and some of the tools in the toolbox. Can you help describe some of the nuanced differences in terms of how you might approach a child of different ages yeah. or in different settings? Yeah, absolutely. It always looks different every day. So sometimes we have time to plan, right, and call families ahead of time and find out some things that are helpful for the child's coping or things that the child really likes. But sometimes it's unexpected and and we're here and we need care and what can we do to kind of help you cope in this moment, right, now that we're here. So 
that's important to identify, but it's also important to know that children need different things at different stages of life, right? So for some of our younger patients, things like light-up toys and even like peekaboo, things that can help them distract and play and even comfort holds from parents can make a big difference mm. having that caregiver involved in care. But then when we get a little bit older, it could look very different, right? It could look something like providing therapeutic art activities mm. or involving them in some more advanced technology play or creating videos together. It's a wide range of things that we're providing in the ways that we're reaching children at different ages, stages, but also their interests too. You really have a lot of different tactics that you can approach each yeah. child, which is amazing. Yes. So we talked a lot about the impact of child life for our patients. And I came to realize just how critical child life specialists are in helping the parents or siblings. Can you tell us a little bit more about the role that you play for those individuals? We work a lot with families and making sure that they're comfortable and, and that they understand what's happening too. Sometimes when you're under stress, it's hard to process information and really understand what some of these new medical terms can mean. So sometimes we're there to help you formulate some questions that you may have for your care team, things like that. We're also helping them plan and help their children reach those milestones, right? Just because we're in the hospital doesn't mean we have to stop reaching those developmental milestones that we'd be working on at home too. Mm. So we can help parents understand development, understand ways that we can reach those milestones that we have for their children and collaborate with them that way. And then siblings, too, are so important, right? We don't want to forget about our siblings at mm -hmm. home. They're part of that family unit, and they're also experiencing some of this, even if they're not directly here at the hospital. They may be at home having a lot of questions of, what does it mean that my younger brother is in the hospital? What is happening? Where are they? Who's taking care of them? So we can do a lot of sibling support around education and preparing them for changes in medical status or coming for visits to the hospital. We're really looking at the whole family unit and realizing that a child is not just the only one here. You know, this does impact everybody. And what can we do to make this experience positive for everybody? That's really great. And as a neonatologist, I've definitely experienced that support with our parents, especially even in a code situation. Yes. Having a child specialist there, they're able to talk to the family, help explain to them what's going on. While myself, I may not be yeah. able to take that moment to explain everything because I'm focused on resuscitating their, their baby. But I know confidently that someone who is able to not only support them, but also to be able to translate what's Absolutely. going on into understandable yeah. terms is really key in that moment. So yeah. thank you for yeah, <laughs> all of Child Life for yeah, Specialists for doing that. For sure. And, you know, we're there to debrief it. You know, what is still worrisome or what went well and ways that we can really focus and support skill set, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that skill set also translates right into non-emergent situations yes. because you had said to me earlier that one of the things you do is help even give parents and healthcare providers mm -hmm. tools to be able to have difficult conversations with other family members or mm -hmm. siblings at home. Like if one child has a really devastating diagnosis, mm -hmm. you actually help parents prepare them how to have that conversation with the other yeah. family members. Is that correct? Correct. Absolutely. It can be really daunting if you receive a diagnosis or something that you know is going to be really hard for your child or your family. It can feel overwhelming, but we're really here to say, we got you. You know, this is some language that we can use. These are some ways that we can do it. Maybe it's a preparation book that talks about it. Maybe we're giving you some key phrases and really taking into consideration what the family wants to be using for words, but also providing our background in ways that we can support children. 
That's so important because when you think about having to explain something to your child, you want to be honest, but you don't want to overwhelm them or scare them or use terms that are scary. And Mm -hmm. so just figuring out how to, how to communicate with them based on their age and the situation and just having someone to help guide you through that, it can make or break an experience for a family. And we tell families a lot too, you know, keep it simple, right? A good example, we know that a stretcher is like a bed on wheels, right? So if a kid hears stretcher, they may think, oh my gosh, they're going to stretch her, like stretch me, stretch you, right? (laughs) But, you know, if we really just keep it simple, like we're talking about a bed on wheels. Let's go take a seat on the bed on wheels, right? So sometimes even just simplifying terms can really ease anxieties and, and make it easier for children to understand. Oh, wow. That's so simple, but so important. Yeah, something we don't always think about, (laughs) right? (laughs) The words we use, sometimes we don't realize how they can be interpreted. Exactly. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just like Caroline's question earlier, how do I break this news? How do I tell her that we need surgery? That's why we're here. We want to make sure that we have tools and resources for parents and, and caregivers to use to have those difficult conversations with their children. Wow. Well, I'm just going to say all the things. This makes me so happy as a clinical provider and as a parent, like that there's just so many options and that child life is really becoming integrated into all aspects of care for patients. We're really lucky to have such a big team here at our hospital. And we're very fortunate to have such a great team here that we can meet I hope that all children's hospitals can continue to grow because this helps to prevent trauma and improve outcomes. Mm -hmm. Is there any examples you can share of sort of patients who, because of child life being a part of that care team, they were able to have a better outcome than maybe otherwise? Absolutely. It happens every day. (laughs) I have this one example that I just absolutely love so much. There was a child who was coming in for surgery. She'd had a couple before. Unfortunately, was pretty upset and the mother was really worried about telling her that she was going to be staying overnight at the hospital and having this surgery. And she reached out to our child life team and said, help, how do I say this? How do I support her? I really want to make this a positive thing for her. Our team really worked together to help her create a coping plan that was best for her, right? So things to look forward to, things that we can use when we're feeling anxious, ways that we can make this experience more comfortable in a way that she felt in control of as well, right? And she did wonderful. She coped beautifully on the day of her procedure and had lots of great activities and connections that she built on that inpatient unit. We're here to work with everybody, right? We're here to work with those patients and families and do what we can to make that experience something that is positive. You're not only helping that child in that moment, but you're also helping to alleviate a parent's worst fear too, right? That's key. Absolutely. That family-centered approach for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I imagine given what you do and all the different ways that you interact with patients and families, you have to also have a lot of cultural sensitivity, situational awareness, and even maybe a really strong sense of equity, inclusion, accessibility with all the different types of patients that you interact with. You could talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Every child and family is going to be different, right? So their needs are going to be different. Cultures can vary. So we're really looking at ways to have accessibility to all of our materials, the way that we implement care. Everybody has their own needs and and ways that they want to be represented and ways that they want to reflect different parts of themselves. So we're constantly looking at ways, whether it be in the activities and toys that we provide to make sure they're diverse and kind of reflecting all different cultures and representation. We're also working to celebrate all holidays of any sort. You know, we are here to celebrate anything and everything. (laughs) I love that. Um, You know, we need to continue these cultures and traditions that 
patients and families may be celebrating at home. And just because you're here in the hospital does not mean we're not going to celebrate. We are going to go all out in making this something that is close to their hearts and close to their cultures and homes and, and all the ways that we can make it feel as close to their normalcy as we can. I love that. Love, love, love. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> it's always fun when I get to relate my daily work life with whoever it is that I get to have a great conversation and learn about their yeah. specialty. So I'm at, you know, Immersive Design Systems, which <laughs> is essentially our simulation and healthcare program. And Child Life, you in particular, and we have done some great collaborations together. And I was wondering if you could talk to our audience a little bit about what what types of things we've done together. For sure. We love collaborating with IDS in our department. There has been a couple different things that we've done with you all. Let's start with our patient and family-facing programs. So we have a few preparation programs that prepare children and their families for the surgical experience. And it's been wonderful. We've had families come into our simulation center, go through the whole surgical experience from start to finish, have all of their questions answered, get to meet with providers, and really prepare them hands-on for that experience. So it has been a wonderful program that has had really great outcomes and feedback for preparing patients and families. I had never been involved until I came here of using simulation as a way to prepare patients and families for care in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's such a fabulous collaboration. So It's a wonderful partnership and it is so beneficial for the patients and families. Our child life team works with the simulation center as well for our own trainings and our own growth. And then last but not least, Child Life has been intimately involved with helping with our training programs to help children with medical complexity yes. for their parents to be ready to go home using developmentally appropriate, patient-family-centered approaches. Exactly. And then on top of that, our VR team right, has worked yes. with you all, right? We're very lucky to live in a time where we're integrating some of this really advanced technology to create positive coping. Yeah, no, and, and the data is already starting to come out that using that VR experience yeah actually does decrease assessments of pain because of that VR distraction that they're experiencing. Well, speaking of research, you know, I love to ask our experts about what type of research is going on or what type of research is on the horizon. Can you share with our audience a little bit what's going on in research from a child life perspective? Yeah, there's some great stuff happening. You know, if we look at our larger child life services team, our music therapists have done some really great research on their music therapy interventions and work with caregivers and and caregiver stress levels and patient satisfaction and and patient coping. So all different avenues. We're, We're looking down all these different ways to kind of learn more about the work that we're doing and the ways that we can continue to improve it. We're constantly learning and we're making patient care better. Absolutely. It's really great. Thank you for sharing all that. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. I always have to ask my final question. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would love to share with our audience? I know we've mentioned it a few times here, but, you know, that we're really part of that care team. And the American Academy of Pediatrics actually reissued a statement back in 2021 about the importance of child life and how we are an integral part of that care team. And we have that extensive training and the skill set and the knowledge to really make the hospital experience positive for children and families. I think that's really important to share because obviously that validates the critical need for a child life specialty in hospitals and in patient care. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all your expertise and your experience with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So now on to doctor's orders. This is the part of the show where we prescribe an action that parents can take today to help raise healthy kids. So Caitlin, what are your doctor's orders today? Yeah, I would prescribe. Don't be afraid to ask for us or give us a call, send us an email. We're here to support your family, your children. We want to help advocate for you and your child. 
I think that's awesome. All parents should know that they can request a child life specialist and it's an important part of their care team. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'd also like to thank our guest parent, Caroline, and our guest expert, Caitlin McGowan. Remember to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Want to learn more? Visit our website at bostonchildrens.org. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today, and I look forward to seeing you soon.